AM, FM streaming, and now a smartphone app at your service since 1933. WCHV. All we say to America is be true to what you're saying on paper. Russia or any totalitarian country. Maybe I could understand some of these illegal injunctions. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they haven't committed themselves to that over there. Yeah, the, uh, and then he was gone the next morning. But, you know, somebody pointed out something interesting. If you listen to that last speech... It's a little different than some of the other ones. And uh, we got a chance to catch up with somebody this past year uh, who had a, a different take on uh, Martin Luther King Jr. He uh, is uh, the brother of the president of Lowe's, if that uh, informs your shopping decisions or not. Great Virginia activist, filmmaker, author, and fired up. He is uh, Vince Ellison, and he had some a different view, let's say, on Martin Luther King Jr., And when you said to me on Saturday, we got talking about Martin Luther King Jr., and it, it was like a cold aquavelva smack in the face because I had never thought about his. And I and I want to dig into this because I, I don't know was he because we didn't get a chance to finish the conversation. It was a cocktail party, and, and, and as was he willfully being used by the people who wanted to create the black liberation theology and and the marxism that had you know for decades has de devastated the black community or did he not realize what rhetoric he was using uh, as he was saying things like you know the black man's not free even though a preacher should know that he is um in in, in my in my book um um uh crime inc and also in my movie uh, will you want to have for me? I I I take um, Martin Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, and what has been said about him in the past, and I use fact to tear it apart. Martin Luther King Jr. is not what we thought he was. Um, the FBI tapes what his best friend said about him, and all this stuff reveals a whole nother completely different man. He was recruited after the Montgomery bus boycott by Bayard Rustin, who was a communist. Um. Bayard Rustin introduced Martin Luther King Jr. to Stanley Levinson, who was the number one communist in America, period. All your people can look this up, Stanley Levinson. Stanley Levinson bankrolled the civil rights movement out of Moscow. Moscow gave him the money, he gave it to the civil rights movement. He, him and Bayard Rustin uh, uh, um, wrote the charter for the SELC. They sent another communist named Jack O'Dell to run the SELC. He was the executive director of it. They bankrolled the whole thing. In 1956, the common, the common turn in Russia gave their handlers in the civil rights movement direct orders to turn the black, black community into a replica of the Soviet Union. And they've done that. Dictator worship, apostate religion, you, you know, one-party rule, mm -hmm. poverty, substance abuse. So Martin Luther King Jr. tried to take over the black church in 1961 for the civil rights movement. This is documented. They got the fighting on the floor in 1961. He killed a preacher in the break. They killed a preacher on the floor fighting. They had to call in the riot police in Kansas City. 
they excommunicate, excommunicated King from the black church. He got excommunicated from the black church, from the National Baptist Convention because of this. So King started his own religion. It was called the Progressive National Baptist Convention. Raphael Warnock belongs to this sect right now. It is an apostate sect of preachers that believe in abortion, LGBTQ, and all kinds of shenanigans. When, when John Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy told King to cut these communists loose, King lied to him and said that he was. J. Edgar Hoover found out that he lied to him, and then they set up the, they set up the wiretaps. This is when they found out that King was actually a Marxist. They found out that he was involved in orgies. He was a drunk. He had outside children. Uh, he bought prostitutes. All of this. So uh, go uh, give a listen. Uh, the The visit with Vince Ellison is up online in the uh, podcast channel at WCHV.com. And lots of people have downloaded it. It's, it is a controversial take on this Martin Luther King Jr. Day and, and a reminder that, you know, and far be it for us to point out the fact that, uh, the, the Marxist will consume their own in the pursuit of the utopia. So when the reparationists go after Martin Luther King Jr., one wonders, is it a flaw or a feature? Because that was my first reaction. I said, well, hold it. The reparationists are trying to get rid of Martin Luther King Jr. Wouldn't they be, you know, it, but, but you know, again, useful to a point, as Gennady said uh, earlier, you know, you're only useful to a point. And when you become unuseful, then we have to do you in. Or as our uh, friend from the Soviet Union once taught us. You're leftists. In the United States, all these professors and all these beautiful civil rights defenders, they are instrumental in the process of the, of the uh, uh, subversion only to destabilize the nation. When their job is completed, they are, non, they are not needed anymore. They know too much. Some of them, when, when they get disillusioned, when they see that Marxist-Lenin has come to power, they, obviously they get offended. They think that they will come to power. That will never happen, of course. They will be lined up against the wall and shot. Or walked out onto a balcony and shot. Stand up for dissident journalism. I gave you the impression that I might be interested in helping Laszlo escape. Joe Thomas in the morning on Seaville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. span of one lifetime, we have gone from freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose to freedom only happens if I have cash. And it's amazing how that's happened. Joe Thomas in the morning. Jonathan Emord running for Senate. Uh, Tim Kaine says the only purpose for the Senate is to send money to Virginia. Uh, we're going to query on that. Uh, but Dr. Clark hanging on the line with us here at uh, 434-964-1075. Good morning, Dr. Clark. How are you doing this Martin Luther King Jr. Day? Not as cold as I thought I was going to be. <laughs> well, we've got it all up here. So, uh, you know, don't don't brag. Not well. I think, Joe, I'm on the southern bank of the Tennessee River. I think on the other side they got some stuff, but so uh, far so good here. All right, hey, north versus north. south. Why is it always north versus south? Huh? Really? Come on. Uh, anyway, so before the break, you were discussing Marxism, 
and it got me to thinking. Couple things. One, did Lenin believe in Marxism, or did he just see it as a means to power? Because I don't think anybody since him has actually believed in Marxist principles. They just know you can get more power with Marxism than you can with any other form of government. Oh, sure. I mean, Mao is one of the classic examples of it. Mao didn't believe in Marxism. He just knew right. that it would it would give him power and let. And really, Mao is probably the most important example of it, uh, because the Chinese people became no less indentured after Mao took over. They just it, it, Marx's brilliance was that he took totalitarian dictatorship and put a smiley face on it, made it look like it was a representative government. Um, said, "Hmm, how can how can we take this parliament thing and make it look like?" Uh, um, you know, make it you know, co run cover for our totalitarianism, and and he figured out the way to do it, and Lenin put it to work, but Mao really put it to work because the the poor Chinese citizen got no better off after Maoism took over. The only place where the quality of life in China got any better was. Uh, I can't remember his name now, uh, Chairman Xi's predecessor um, who tried to reform. And that's where actually Chairman Xi winds up with all these middle class people and these these quasi semi-wealthy Chinese um, to generate money for him because his predecessor allowed some, some ref reformations. Right. So what we've got is a political system that's tremendously effective in concentrating power in the hands of the elites, mm -hmm. more so than any other system of government. I think probably since people uh, between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers figured out that they could have a government. You know, the feudal system was not as good at concentrating power in the hands of the few as Marxism is. And, you know, let's look at Ms. Rodham Clinton for a minute. Do we have to? Well, okay, let's not look at her. Let's just talk about her. Okay. Um, that's better. You're right. So, what was she, a, a Goldwater Republican? Until she had a revelation, you can't get much power with this business. To be fair, Goldwater. So to be fair, Goldwater was a Goldwater Republican until he got older and started becoming a leftist, so... Well, but he probably wanted some power. Well, he didn't get any, so he probably started saying, well, if this is what it takes, and, um, you know. Didn't work out for him, darn. No. I don't know, Joe. I, you know, you know what they call people that, that, you know what the Marxists call people that believe in Marxism? Duped. Useful idiots. <laughs> now, you know what a useful idiot is once they're no longer useful? Um, in the way? They're a useless idiot. They no longer have any use. Well, it's just, it, it, it's just like the, uh, the former mayor of, I forget which town in Russia, that was just let out of prison if he promised to go fight in Ukraine. Um, and, and the problem is people knew about him, so all of a sudden this program of taking the political prisoners and putting them on the front lines has become uh, public over there in Russia. Uh, 
and I'm sure somebody will call well, and say we do the same thing. You know, but uh, you know, because every everywhere Marxism has been implemented, the useful idiots were used to implement it, and then once it's implemented, they're useless, and usually they get disposed of. Yep, absolutely. I've got to run to my break here, Doctor Clark. Good stuff, my friend. Take care, Jeff. The last few years have gone. Can we just lease this year, months to months? Uh, some of those amendments to the public hearing and our dialogue. Your customer service hotline. WCHV. We don't believe the old saying about curiosity and cats. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. No actual cats were harmed in the making of this station ID. And while read a book on Marks, the quartet practiced in the park. Joe Thomas in the morning. John, uh, not John, Glenn writes into Joe at WCHV.com on the subject of the proletariat versus the bourgeoisie. It's white collar versus blue collar. And and what they do is, is this is the Svengali-like brilliance of it. So the rich guys, they they create the illusion that the middle class are the rich guys so that the the poor go after the rich guys and and because they've all gotten themselves jacked up on democracy and the hypodermic needle of voting they think the politicians have to go get the middle class guy who's in their mind the rich guy And the the truly rich guys are the ones who own the media outlets and they they you know sit there and they promote the idea that the middle class guy is the rich guy. And that's the laughable, sad state we're in. But it's the same state that Moscow and the and the rest of Russia was in in nineteen seventeen. It's the same place France was in seventeen was it seventeen eighty seven? Was it when the French first, when the first of three revolutions that are known as, quote, the French Revolution began? Good morning. You're on the air with Joe Thomas in the morning. Who's this? Good morning. Good morning, Joe. Dobro Horanko. Dobro Horanko and uh, Shalom Aleichem. Aleichem Asalam. It's not religious, you know, this Muslim greetings, Aleichem Asalam. I was asking, it's not religious, so. When you say alaikum assalam, salam alaikum, so it will, will be, you know, shalom alayhem. Alayhem is uh, much deeper than any one religion. But anyway, uh, what what you have you have a very unique pers- perspective on all of this, don't you? It's not unique. It's just I well, I lived in in the time of in the country of communism, Marxism, Leninism. However. Dr. Clark was right, doubting that Lenin was a Marxist. Strictly speaking, Lenin was sectarian, uh, hot-head, hot Russian. Mm-hmm. His grandfather was uh, Jewish, uh, you know, hot-head. No, we don't have to wait when economic, economical uh, formation of the society will be ready to to replace to replace corporations mm-hmm. into 
state government, state department, government department. She said, no, no, no. We developed, he develops theory of building socialism in separate country, which was not in Marx, which was not. Okay. And he said, okay, look at Mongolia, and they said, look at look at Russia, we're not entirely capitalistic, we just mixed mm-hmm. capital and feudal system, but we take power, and then we will build socialism first, and then communism second. Well, yeah, and, and I think I've heard that from plenty of folks, that Lenin um, was just a uh, an authoritarian. He wanted power. He he saw like like Woodrow Wilson did in this country. He saw him and his friends as better suited to sort out who got what in Russia or in our in Woodrow Wilson's case, the United States. And mm-hmm. and, and that conceit is is against everything you know Christianity stands for, and it's the individual, um, and and you have to follow him, um, not because the government tells you to, and that kind of thing uh, is is really where we've we've come apart. We've come so far off the line uh, on this. Uh, I don't know how we get back. We will. We cannot go back because it's it's the system. The diabolical system, I mean diabolical literally, I mean literally what the Bible is literal, is the people demon-possessed, and they poor Lenin himself, he was driven by revenge. His brother was had been hanged for his killing uh, the Tsar, Alexander III, I think they killed this, uh, you know, and uh, also, as you said, as you said, it's, it's just political motivation, personal motivation right. to take power, but to destroy, to destroy. They hate, they, they just hated uh, uh, um, monarchism. The whole thing started in, in, in France and continued. It was... Oh, across Europe, yeah, the, 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 the monarchies were all. But I mean, to to a small degree, the monarchs have to be held to account for that as well, uh, for their behavior that sort of fomented um, the 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 grounds, you know, created the grounds mm-hmm. for a guy like Lenin or and Robespierre. What will, be, what will be common ground? Common ground for this for society function, like in da, da, Dania, Dania, Denmark. Right now, this the prince came and uh, uh, his mother. His mother abdicated. The bottom, the bottom line is to believe in higher power, in God. When Marxism, Marx came, and all this, all these revolutionaries, they, they do not believe in God. There no, is no I such power. Yeah, I've got this to run to people. Mm-hmm. I, I must okay. run, run uh, but uh, uh, I've been watching you. Okay, the Central Virginia's only radio station whose pumpkin pie scent comes from actual pumpkin pie. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Thomas in the morning, 434-964-1075 is the phone number. 
Emails come into Joe at WCHV.com. VCDL Lobby Day, obviously Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We're going to take a, a controversial look at MLK, MLK and Marxism. Um, I, I want to bring up what the Shenandoah Valley does on these snowy days uh, as well as an abstract. We can get back into the arena report where Governor Yunkin explained to us all why these arena projects don't pencil out for the taxpayer. But Stewart's been hanging on the line since before the news, so let me jump to him first. Stewart, thank you for hanging on. How are you doing this Monday morning? Very fine. Good morning, Joe. Hope everyone is keeping warm. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're trying uh, our best. Uh, yeah, last night I had just kind of a a real epiphany almost, an experience, while watching just an old black-and-white movie again. Mm-hmm. The movie was Judgment at Nuremberg. Oh, oh. And, you know, given the current, you know, status, you know, of uh, of our society, I mean, Spencer Tracy is the old, you know, judge from Maine that they brought in to judge yeah, yeah, these other German uh, 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 lawyers and judges, and Burt Lancaster, you know, as the guy on trial, and yeah, that was Montgomery incredible. Cl- Montgomery Clift as the the German defense attorney with you know who brings up uh, brings up American jurisprudence by way of the famous three generations of imbeciles is enough. Yep, yep. And it was like when they were talking about the uh, sterilization laws of Germany, and of course it was just the perfect gotcha moment uh, for Montgomery Clift. It's like, oh look. Look, it's an American. Oh, a great jurist said that. Mm-hmm. You know, right in the middle of the trial. But um, and it, and a great it, reminder. It, 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 and I, and I, 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 where did you see it? Was it on like TCM or something, or do you just happen to have a copy of it? Or no, I searched it uh, just for YouTube. That's the way I know oh, okay. well, the, the old freebies. I got I got to uh, look that up because that's such a great um, movie. You know, and because it reminds us that so much of what the Germans did in the Holocaust was just what they they literally took American Southern law regarding the freed black community, scratched out the word black and wrote in the word Jew for the lack of better uh, analogy. Um, And, and, and it it really is, it's, it's a movie you don't expect to make that statement. And when it does, it's so powerful. I know with regard to the culture that we're looking at now, I swear it would be so convicting for both sides, I mean, you watch this movie, you wouldn't, you would bite your tongue before you called anybody a Nazi or, or called him Hitler or anything, mm-hmm. you know. And it, uh, it, of course, it goes, you know, it goes into personal details of the, of uh, the German people as you know, the judge, uh, Spencer Tracy drives through Nuremberg, which is you know nothing but skeleton buildings, right? Yeah. I mean, totally destroyed. Um, you know, the counterpoint of well, that's what exactly what they deserve. Uh, and of course, it has um, the uh, uh, let's say, uh, oh, I remember the guy who was the uh, the American prosecutor who you know had been at Dachau and and, and all this oh, places yeah. and was just hell bent. Wasn't that you know, Shatner's character? Who wasn't which which one was Shatner in that? I thought Amer- Shatner played one oh, of the no, American no, that lawyers. Was Shatner. Um, that was uh, Shatner actually. And anytime anybody tells me he can't act, I reflect, I refer them to this movie. Uh, William Shatner played the young JAG officer uh, assistant to Spencer Tracy, sort of like his okay. aide de camp. Um, and um, and man, was he good looking in that movie? William Shatner, you look at him now, but you look at him in that movie, he's like Ooh. Hollywood. Um, 
and, and Judy Garland, I mean, how it impacted them specifically. But then I think one of the most moving scenes is when uh, Montgomery Clift, you know, this great romantic actor gets on the stage, uh, excuse me, gets on the stand, and uh, he was one of the persons who was uh, fixed for mental feebleness. Mm-hmm. And he has this really mental feebleness breakdown on, on the stand as is being examined and cross-examined. We hear he's got ten brothers and nine sisters, none of whom can't do anything but carry water, you know, and, uh, you know, manual labors, and the whole course like, whoa. And he, you know, he obviously is not mentally in control of himself. Uh, and even Richard Widmark, uh, who was the prosecuting attorney who was just out for vengeance, just kind of stares at him like, Okay. Mm-hmm. Just what a movie. I mean, just it just convicts you on so many fronts of how you feel about things, you know, how you feel what about did, the other side. What did you walk away from it feeling, Stuart? Because when I the first time I watched it, I said, I said, man, I mean, this is one of those seminal moments in my growing in the in the idea that authoritarianism, no matter how it manifests, no matter what it wraps itself in, has got to be fought wherever, and that it is very possible to wrap it in you know red, white, and blue banners, uh, and and still have it be authoritarianism. Exactly. I mean, it's the, the sneakiness of it all comes, comes across so clearly. You know, starting with the desperation and the absolute privation that was going on in Germany after, uh, after World War I. Uh, and then, you know, anything, you know, and, and, and again, you know, I'm Clift, excuse me, Max Lund was on to talk about, you know, everybody thought Hitler was a great guy in the beginning. You know, look what he's done in Germany. And, you know, Americans, British, they all liked him. You know, mm-hmm. and then you know, some of the German civilians that he was like, "Yeah, we didn't know about the other. Oh, we didn't know about the other." You know, but then, but then um, the prosecution flashes up a, a map of of Germany, where almost every square inch is full of one concentration camp or another. Mm-hmm. And like, did you ever leave town? Did you? <laughs> oh, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know. Yeah, we didn't know where they all went. And remember, you know, and there's one of the you know images of World War II that still strikes me to this day. And after coming back from the World War II Museum in New Orleans, uh, I saw it again. I pointed it out to my wife and, and to my sister, uh, is that you, you don't see guards herding people onto these trains um, you know, because they were after Kristallnacht, they were getting on the trains because the government said, listen, we can't protect you right now here. You're right. in peril. Come with us to someplace you can be safe. And, and so they're like, all right, well, we'll be safe here. Uh, and then they got to a place like Dachau. Um, and, and that's the, that's the frightening reminder to us is, you know, when we look at Australia and how they handled COVID-19, I said, listen, you're not safe here. Come to these camps with us. Um, you know, uh-huh. where you be safe. You're like, Hold on. Do we do? Are we so addled that we can't learn, uh, you know, a damn thing from history? But we, we, we decide maybe you know in hubris. Well, it's my country, so that could never happen here. Well, and it just shakes you because it takes you through. You know, it's not black and white, and you know, the movie is obviously, but it takes you through Spencer Tracy's total angst. You know, as an old-fashioned guy mm-hmm. from Maine who was the only one who wanted the job. Trying to understand, he has a great relationship with Marlena Dietrich in this movie, who is a bit of leftover German nobility. Uh, trying to understand how all these seemingly sweet people from Oktoberfest could all of a sudden, you know, make this happen. 
So anyway, I, I yeah. just I just had to had to call about it's it. It's a great reminder uh, of that, and and thank you for a reminder. And a, and a tough time to do it. I mean, and and it's interesting. I just I actually just watched Chaplin. Uh, again, um, the other day, it happened to be up oh. on one of those. And, and again, another one of these guys that we kind of sneer about, Robert Downey Jr., does an incredible job. Um, and by mm-hmm. the way, if anyone has ever seen it, I I don't know the boxing movie that Charlie Chaplin actually made. I have to go find it. But he was screening a, a scene of a boxing movie. And I swear to goodness, mm. if you stop and watch the boxing scene, it's the last round of Rocky step for step including the two guys punching each other and they both fall over it's incredible i'm watching this boxing i had to go back and watch it like three times i'm like that's the last scene of rocky holy cow but anyway the the the, the hey, successful people steal <laughs> exactly as you know i can see stallone say hey, hey i saw this uh, movie with chaplin once and they did boxing um but- and everybody's like Alone, you watch the movie with Chaplin. How'd that happen? <laughs> <laughs> no words. Uh, but in any event, um, the the uh, the point of that movie was he got he got kicked out of the country because they said he was a communist sympathizer when he was fighting the Nazis. And and you see how you know we can mm-hmm. we can go into our own jihad, um, you know, out of this. And I faced it, and uh, you know, in October of. 2001 when when my show came back on the air after going wall-to-wall news coverage after the terrorist attacks and i was getting phone call after phone call demanding that the you know where's where's president bush setting up the internment camps and why aren't we rounding up all these people until we're sure who who is and who isn't a a danger to us and and it was it was frightening because up until that point timothy mcveigh was the worst terrorist um in in america and he was from buffalo and i and i had to say that to people i said you know that, that you know the same could have been said about all us Western New Yorkers if 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 you know, after Timothy well you guys are from the Buffalo area we're about to round you all up and just make sure none of you are dangerous um, it's kind of the same thing with some of these gun bills in the Virginia General Assembly they want to they want to be able to come into your house to make sure that you're storing your guns properly because that's the only way to enforce these rules is is well, they say no, it's, okay. the, it's the psychology of the other. And you can be the other because you love Christ. You can be the other because you love the Second Amendment. You can be the other because you're a Mohammedan terrorist. I mean, all, all you have to do is create an other. Uh-huh. You know, that, and that, that's how it works. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff, Stuart. Thank you for bringing that up. But you, you want to be hired as our movie reviewer? You don't have to watch the new ones. Just bring us up old ones that we haven't seen in a while. Well, I'll just, I'll just do it on the fly. How about that? All right. That's good. Ad hoc. Thank you, sir. You have a good morning. You too. Stay safe. You know what we learned when we turned 90 last year? The electric company's senior discount isn't for radio stations. Rates would necessarily skyrocket. Please support our sponsors here on WCHV.